0: Snippet, the short podcast platform. Hello my friend and welcome to the closet space. My name is Vic Ravindran and every episode, I get to talk with incredible individuals who have come out of the closet in some form or another, whether it's coming out as LGBTQIA+, or even if it's a less talked about closet like having an invisible disability or simply leaving a way of life behind. Hopefully, my guests' stories of resilience and pride will offer a pathway out of your own personal closets. And if they do, let me know. I'd love to have you on the show. This week, I'm very excited to be able to chat with comedian Michael Henry. If you're gay and use the internet, chances are that you've seen one of Michael's hilarious videos lampooning gay culture and stereotypes. His humor is biting and educational, but also filled with the care for a community he loves, but is unafraid to critique. Without further ado, my conversation with Michael. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for joining me in the closet space today.
1: I'm happy to be here. When do I get to come out of the closet? Now? Or... Yeah, please. Just go ahead and tell my listeners. Okay, I'm coming out of the closet right now. Oh
0: my God. Ooh. And welcome. Welcome to the other side. How's it
1: feel? I'm not sure yet. I think I, I think I like it. Take your time. No rush. Okay. Establish your feelings and then let me know
0: at the end of the show. I think I will. I think I will. Well, Michael, I feel like maybe we should fill them in that you can't. came out a little bit earlier than than just now, okay? But you are not only already an amazing gay person, but you're an internet sensation for your comedy. You have over one hundred and fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube. You are also just as funny on Twitter and Instagram. And how did that all get started? How long have you been providing the
1: interwebs uh, with your comedy? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) But I've been providing my comedies on the interwebs probably since about 2006 when Facebook first started. I remember thinking, I have really witty status updates. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you weren't wrong. All these followers can't be wrong. they They followed you for a reason. It started as a little seedling back then. And when I was a junior in college, and Facebook was like this cute little college thing. But now only like people's parents are on Facebook
0: and now it's just used to destroy democracies casually,
1: yeah whatever
0: I still use it yeah same whatever I'm I'm a part of the problem yeah that's that's me coming out of the closet I still use Facebook and use and destroy democracy I love that
1: it. too I mean I love to put democracy to the test <laughs> well anyway other than that I mean when I really first started like making content that I was like really trying to do like on YouTube was probably five years ago
0: and so that I mean, YouTube was blowing up at that time, too. But right Mm -hmm. before TikTok became the new
1: big thing. Before TikTok, yeah. Even Instagram was still just something where it's like, oh, a cute picture of the day. I went on a walk, you know. It wasn't like a sensation yet. And
0: you have landed in that niche category or or maybe considered mainstream now, but uh, like the the gay internet, you have taken the in- gay internet by storm. Your videos are a regular uh, on- share on Twitter and a regular share on YouTube. How did you uh, find your way into that comedy scene? And uh, how did you first kind of find your rise in that world?
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, it is still niche, believe it or not. I mean, I just had a conversation with a manager today cuz I still am looking for representation and people still say that I'm too niche, I'm too I'm a character, I'm unique, you know, which I know is all code for you're not a 21-year-old bombshell, you know. Being gay and looking regular is still niche. So, which is very frustrating because even the people that are telling me this, they're gay. Sure, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, whatever, got it. Anyway, if someone here is listening and they have a talent agency that they own, hit me up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll give the phone number at the end of the show. Exactly. How did you kind of navigate, before becoming like online gay comedy star, how did you navigate just the initial part of coming out?
1: How did that work out for you and what was that time for you like? Well, I've started doing. Uh, we chatted a little bit earlier about Second City and stuff. I did iOS Second City, UCB, Groundlings, all these like comedy schools out here in Los Angeles before I ever did anything on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I think that that gave me a really good ground uh, foundation to end up doing stuff online. And even before that, I went to college for acting. So um, I know Ibsen, I know Shakespeare. Oh, okay, she's so, educated. So like. Watch out. (laughs) I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then I started making YouTube videos and they weren't really catching any fire, you know. Mm -hmm. And then my therapist was like, you need to do stuff more gay. Right now you're not really targeting an audience. You're just kind of being funny. And I was like, okay, I need to like be gayer. So then once I started making like really gay content, then... It started to take off. And then at that point, I still had never really come out to my parents. Oh, wow. I had never said to them, I'm gay. I just always assumed it. But my therapist, who I kind of like listened to about everything, he was like, you need to 100% say those words to your parents. So and then around that time, I, I did. I sent them each a email, you know, giving them the lowdown. And... I was like, just so you know, I know this is something you probably already know, but I need us both to know that I've said this to you, that I'm gay, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I sent them individual emails. And I remember at the time thinking, you know what? I feel like such a coward because I can't do it. I'm not doing it the way that they do it in movies or in TV shows where it's a big sit down and revelation and shock and all this. I felt kind of like a coward by just typing and hitting send. But actually, in the long run, well, short run, I guess, because they emailed me pretty quickly, (laughs) (laughs) I felt so happy because they both gave me such nice emails back that I can always look at. It's not just an experience I keep in my brain, you know, it's emails that I have and I could see their words and I'm going to have that forever.
0: That's great. Mm -hmm. I will say, uh, I, I, I relate to that just because when I was coming out, I was lying next to my mom on her bed. I was like, just, I should say it. I should say it. I should say it. I should say it. And then I considered just texting her, just like (laughs) lying next to her. Just like, yeah. (laughs) But then I I ultimately did say it, but it was like, oh wow. It'd be be so easy just to, just to text her. Mm -hmm. Um, it is great just to be able to have that documented proof from your parents of there's that kind of like, uh, that, first initial reception just to have that uh, mm-hmm. documented
1: that love right there exactly it was like such a weight lifted too it was like I'm kind of someone that sometimes doesn't like to live in reality I'm fine with not knowing things fiction is you know okay with me but I needed to I've been slowly changing over the last couple of years that living in facts and concrete evidence and words is it makes you feel better sometimes like I Glad that I concrete now know that my parents know my business and I know how they feel about it.
0: Yeah, that's great to know. It's uh, it's great to operate on that knowledge.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm still delusional
0: about <laughs> other things. <laughs> well, how does all that manifest itself in your comedy now? How does uh, how does that larger experience
1: play itself out in the comedy that you put out? Well, I mean, I've always related to somebody that feels you know, sidelined or marginalized or um, has their face pressed up against the glass and watching other people live life and do things that you wish you were a part of. So I think that that influences my comedy and my sketches and the short films that I make. I usually feel like my narrative and my point of view is from somebody that is aspiring or sees other people doing stuff and criticizes it or wants to be a part of it. So I think that that deeply influences what I'm, what I create, because that's the way that I feel in my everyday, you know, I never really feel like I'm in the big leagues, I always feel like I'm trying to play ball. We'll be right back with more from the Closet Space.
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to The Closet Space. My conversation with comedian Michael Henry continues. How do you approach more sensitive areas of comedy? Because I feel like you're not really shy to like comment on gay stereotypes or problematic gay ideas Uh, Mm. like so I do feel like you don't shy away from those topics so how do you go about uh, like approaching like treating one of those ideas or subject matters
1: like like a joke well I feel like if you bookend something with comedy and pepper it with comedy it's like a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down you know Mm -hmm. Um, I came up with that (laughs) Oh, that's great! Wait, someone should write that down. I think the I think I'm writing a musical about it. Mm -hmm. You should. I I see big things for you. I hope so. Yeah, it'll be. I think. I think. Um, you want to invest? Yeah, I'll put. I'll put a penny down. I'll. I'll take it. But uh, I think that. uh, I feel like if you frame things with comedy and people just see me as a comedian a lot of the time, I noticed when I was in college doing serious stuff. Even when I did the serious scenes, people laughed. So I feel (laughs) like there's an air about me that people want to laugh and i i lean into that so when i am doing some serious stuff i feel like they're getting the words they're getting the story they're feeling what i'm feeling but also i feel like there's a comfortability with the subject matter because i'm doing it Mm -hmm. and also i feel like if you're a part of a community i feel like i have the right to dissect and criticize or lift up or whatever with the gay community that's my community i'm allowed to do whatever I want with it. You know, some other comedians, they want to criticize or make comedy or point stuff out about other communities, which I'm not sure is the assignment. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I like to do really funny videos and also videos that have really tough subject matter. And I mean, I did a video about a short film about sexual assault last year. Mm hmm. And I feel like it was important to see somebody like me put in a position that was kind of violating and because it could happen to anybody, you know, it could happen to your funny, silly, goofy friend. You know, I don't know what framework some people have of a scenario like that, but I feel like it's usually not depicted as someone that is like the clown getting victimized.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you kind of talk about those things, do you ever feel like you're um, beholden to or controlled by your audience? Cause I do feel like the online gay community is like mm-hmm. extremely reactive. Yeah. Um, so do you ever feel like your comedy is uh, limited to, or do you ever feel like uh, censored by, by
1: your audience? Not necessarily. I mean, I do feel like as younger people, become adults we're inching closer and closer to things that me as a 35 year old don't assume don't think is taboo or whatever people's words are being scrutinized more comedians Mm -hmm. words are getting scrutinized more and sometimes i wonder oh did i say the wrong thing i used to post my videos at midnight but i've been lately posting them at once i wake up so that i could track how it's doing oh sh- like sure. with comments you uh-huh. know if i'm off base or whatever right. so i do care about what people think and say um i mean when it comes to like if i got something wrong or whatever but so far i really haven't had anything like that i mean knock on wood i don't want that to start <laughs> <laughs> but um i do track i do care
0: Outside of the idea of being uh, potentially put off by it, but what do you hope that your viewers, because obviously people love your comedy, what, mm-hmm. what do you hope that your viewers are getting out of the, the work that you put out?
1: I hope that they're getting entertainment, number one, laughs, number two, and I really want people to feel like I care a lot about the gay community queer community and uh, overall you know i care a lot that's why sometimes i scrutinize individuals i mean fictional individuals but i want people to feel like i'm i'm here i'm in this i'm someone you can reach out to in your head or dms you know (laughs) i want people to feel like i'm their peer and Flipping
0: that back on you, what do you feel like you have gotten out of uh, putting yourself out there and being a little bit more gay and mm-hmm. and making this this comedy for all of us?
1: What I feel like I get out of it, it is really artistically fulfilling for me. You know, comedy is an art form, and I feel like I've what I'm getting out of it is I'm I'm connecting with people. People didn't start caring about what I'm doing until I was in my 30s, and it's a really refreshing feeling to feel like oh. My, you care about my opinions it makes me feel you know validated in my art and point of view and it it does replenish me it makes me feel good how does that
0: translate to your younger self like what would you tell your younger self about where you are now in your 30s and your comedy like and point of view kind of being recognized
1: you know what's interesting i still need to talk to myself now like yeah i could talk to my younger self but I still feel like I don't really know what I would say to that younger person. Mm -hmm. I still have to talk to my 35 year old self and, and have moments of gratitude as to where I am. You know, there's, there was a point in time where I wished I was where I am now, but you know, in America, in LA, in the industry, you're always wishing you were somewhere else, and it mm. takes a lot to check yourself and realize at one point you wish that you were where you are right now. Mm. So that's something that I have to do. I'm younger. Michael's fine. I need to continue talking to 35 year old Michael and check in with him and reassure him that we're on the right path, and you know, being grateful for people caring about what I'm doing. And having the ability to share my art and point of view. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's an
0: amazing amount of self-reflection uh, mm-hmm. and self-love. And I love the idea of like a powwow with your current self. Mm-hmm. And then like, you can talk over what to tell your younger self. <laughs>
1: Lots of years of therapy, let me tell you. <laughs> this is not homegrown. This is therapy. Well, I love that. I
0: I love that perspective. And I feel like uh, if anyone's listening to that, I feel like uh, that's a great mindset uh, Mm too. And if
1: you're in Hollywood and need a good therapist, DM me. I will share his info. (laughs) (laughs) What
0: would you say to younger gay comedians or just like people who are coming out or people who uh, embrace comedy, but young queer comedians uh, out there who want to share themselves the way that you do?
1: You know, I would say you keep doing it. It's really easy to get discouraged. It's really easy to feel like you're not making a dent in the scene. But you'd be surprised. People are watching. Some of my videos, I remember in the beginning, had just a couple hundred views, whatever. But those are eyeballs. And, it you, you know, behind those eyeballs is a person's brain. And you're you are affecting people. And just stick with it. And it does pay off. And you won't regret keeping going, you know. So just keep going. That's all I tell people. And don't get discouraged. Well, you could get discouraged, but keep going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michael, where can uh, my listeners find you uh, if they want to hunt down your YouTube videos or your amazing Facebook updates or Twitter feed or your Instagram? Or my Venmo. Or your Venmo. (laughs) We're sharing all kinds of things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or if you also want to send them the link to donate to that uh, to the
1: musical that you're doing, exactly that you know, small I, I indie I will, project. Yeah, yeah, Hel- help fund Michael'sMusical dot com. Yeah. but you can find me TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Vanmo at Michael Henry nine one five, and YouTube. You can find me just YouTube search Michael Henry Gay, and uh, <laughs> I'll come up. <laughs> wow, I hope I I hope I'm at the same thing. Vic, Vic Ravindran Gay.
0: I hope that comes up.
1: Have you ever googled that? No. What? What? what I, do you I fear to come what.
0: Up? I feel like just like Vic Ravindran Gay. Then confirmed. Like just like the word confirmed <laughs> would would pop up. What but if would, it says
1: fraud? Fraud. I mean, I mean,
0: who knows? I mean, I'd also be kind of afraid to click the the images tab.
1: I have. Google searched Michael Henry before and really crazy things come up under the images. Crazy.
0: Well, you also, I will say you have a bit more of a, uh, wide search name michael henry right exactly vikram ravindran i feel like they just like have a picture of my face (laughs) and like gay on my forehead
1: (laughs) yeah like your college some random picture you took like student id yeah god i know Uh, well thank
0: you so much for being here in the closet space michael thanks for having me i'm gonna
1: go back in the closet now
0: okay get back in there now physically and we're gonna lock the door behind you
1: oh good (laughs) i love kinks
0: Listening to Michael's story, it's so reassuring to hear that he truly found his voice and audience once he leaned into his gay identity. For so many, it may appear easier to run away from it all, but Michael's conscious decision to be more of himself was met with applause, likes, and subscribers galore. And I'm so glad people like him share their hearts and their humor because somewhere out there is a closeted gay kid who, instead of being afraid of his future, is laughing his ass off because Michael was able to show him that life gets better and funnier. Until next time, I'm Vic Ravindran and thank you so much for joining me in the closet space.